Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the No More Leadership BS Podcast. I am Jeff Geoff McLaughlin here with my cadre of ill-billy friends. The entomology of that, by the way, is very interesting. Did I say that right? Entomology, etymology. One Sam. is bugs, one is Et- words. Etymology. Etymology. The etymology is bugs, etymology is words. See, it's one little letter. It's textbook. A very vernuncular, vernuncular, vernuncular. Dang it, messed that one up. Oh, wow. Uh, we tried to sound so smart. We tried to sound smart when really we is. We is smart. SMRT. SMRT, smart. But we're excited today because this episode, and I didn't give the etymology of the word hibbly. Billy was a friend in the Scottish terms, in Scottish terms in Scotland. A lot of Scottish people moved to the Highlands and Appalachia and thus hill people, hill Billy, hill friends. That's what it was. So there you go. You learned something today. Hopefully it helps mm-hmm. you out. Okay. Got it. You're bored. Okay. I get it. All right. So the, that's not actually the, the impetus for our episode here. Our episode today is what do we really want from leaders? What do we want from our leaders? And I am glad that other people have done this research because I know what I want, but I'm just one person. And there was a a group of guys and gals that they actually took 300,000 360 surveys. And I'm glad this was not me because I would get bored after two. 300,000 360 surveys about what people want in leaders. And they came up with three characteristics. Three characteristics that people really want in their leaders. Consistency, trust, and good decision-making. Now, just so you know, this survey, they studied high-performance teams and low-performance teams, the top and the bottom. And they came up with those three things, consistency, trust, and good decision-making. Now, out of those three, let's have a conversation, trust, consistency, and good decision-making. Which one do you guys think was the most important to people? Trust. 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 Yeah. Trust makes sense. Strangely enough, that was exactly correct. Well, thank Not you. strangely enough. I know. But it's funny when I- Are you when shocked I bring up, that we got that right? I, that's what the heck? You guys are all really smart. You're, you're my hillbilly friends, so you guys know stuff. But when I bring this up with other organizations with large groups, almost everybody says consistency. Almost everybody says consistency when reality, what we're looking for is trust. And on those three topics, trust, consistency, and good decision-making- whether it's a high-performance team or a low-performance team, we understand that trust is hands down the most important thing. So I'm going to ask you, when leaders go into a position, when leaders are new, whether that's brand new, they're, they've just been promoted, or, oh my gosh, I'm in a leadership position, I've been at this company for 20 years, or you take over something that maybe doesn't have those things, trust, consistency, and good decision-making, when you're building trust with your teams, what do you do to just start out? Let's say you're a new person and you go into a team that, that has not had that trust before. How do you start to build that trust with a team 
that is not used to that? What's your first step? I'm going to talk to Mr. Conroy there because he's, he's looking very pensive and I know this answer. That's me, pensive. When you're the new guy, when you're the new leader coming in and start having one-on-ones with your team, just listening to them and do what you say you're going to do. Don't make, don't overpromise and underdeliver. just quite the opposite, underpromise and overdeliver. but listening to them, taking some of their suggestions and implementing them. You're building trust. If you, if you say you're going to listen to your team, listen to your team, right? So it's that trust factor. You're going to do what you say you're going to do. You're not just there to supervise or micromanage or pound on them. It's we're a team. Let's work together. Let's tell me how can we do this better? How can we make this better? And let them do their job, support them, encourage them, give them kudos when appropriate, and do what you say you're going to do. Can I expect if I'm a new leader, that's going to happen probably in the first five to seven days? Listening to people? Five to seven days? Like, no. Just build no. that trust real fast. <laughs> no, it, it, you're, you're, you can't turn an aircraft carrier on a dime. I've always told leaders, you, you take your first 90 days, don't change anything. Just spend the first 90 days watching and listening, talking to your people and listening to what they've got to say. You're the new guy. You, you, they know you're the new guy. Don't go in there and start making changes right away. Go in there and listen and how would ask questions like, what would you do differently? How, what are your suggestions for making us better? How can we be more of a team? What would you recommend for us to be more of a high-performance group? And just start listening to them. Take for first 90 days. After 90 days, start formulating a plan and bring the team together. And then sit down with them and say, I've taken the first 90 days. I've had lots of conversations. And this is what, I'm, this is what I've observed. And this is what I'm hearing from you guys. I never use people's names. Don't say, Dr. Sam told me this and Geyer told me this. I would never out people like that. Just say, some of the recommendations have been X, Y, and Z. And then just say, how do you think we can implement some of these plans? How do you guys feel about what I'm hearing? Do you agree with what I'm hearing? And then how do we move forward? How do we implement as a team? Let's come up with a plan and then start doing that. I've heard of organizations where the boss comes in and immediately starts making changes. And what happens? Employees leave. You're making changes without even knowing the history of why we do, how we do, what we do. You're doing that crap. So it's a matter of listening to your people. It takes time. 90 days, be patient, ask questions, watch, observe, listen, and then slowly formulate your plan. Wow. I think that's brilliant. And that's the end of the episode. So thank you very much for all of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Been there, done that a few times. <laughs> Go slow to go fast. Okay, we got it all. There it is. So does anybody have an example of being in a situation where either you took over a team and had to build this trust process or show the consistency or be the good decision maker? And sometimes those decisions might not seem like good decisions in the moment. The team might have an outside perspective of why did you do that? But you as a leader have inside information where you go, it's necessary to for the survival of the organization itself. Because if I don't do this, then there is no organization. I'm sure that there's plenty of examples of that, but where have you ever stepped into a leadership position where you had to start that process or even move in and continue that process? Has anybody had that experience? Jeff or Dr. Sam or Myra? Or yeah, I've got one from my higher ed days. I went from additional age students to high achieving high school age students, the folks I was serving and the staffs 
had been together and worked for years and they didn't know me and didn't know how somebody who didn't know their system could lead the show. So I became a director of this program. And my entry into that conversation was, you all know the day-to-day better than I do. And you should. And you're doing it every day. My responsibility is to make sure that we have a good program that's sustainable, that meets the goals of say we're going to meet. And to Conroy's point, I don't have any changes to make until or unless you say so, or I observe that there is, in critical terms, policy or legal issues. And then secondarily, very obvious effectiveness issues. I've got no interest in coming in and shaking everything up, but we will be a better program in a year than we are today. And just made sure they understood that's where I'm coming from. And there were some tests and there were some pushback. And it's like, yep, that's fine. That's how it goes. And just weather that the best you can, knowing that the outcome is worth the, the grind. It's the outcome being the trust that's built and the service we can provide once we all get on the same page. Yeah. And I like that you said a year from now, we're going to be better. And yep. I'm not going to come in and try and change things because you guys know that that's a really brilliant observe, just what Conroy said, observe and watch and see, because they actually know what they're doing. You right. trust your team to know what they're doing. And unless there's something that goes, wow, that's uh, not okay. <laughs> that's going to get us sued. Then <laughs> you go, okay, I will learn. And then how can we improve from here? But that, that right. setting down, laying down that trust pathway, yeah. which is awesome. And, and it's the leader's job to have that vision and to communicate that vision. So yeah, it'll take a year, but you just got to keep mm-hmm. your eye on that vision and keep working right. towards that. And people will see your vision eventually. For sure. Yeah. That's a consistency piece. Correct. And there's the ego bit about like Conroe was saying, people come in and just make a bunch of changes. And then when people leave, their argument is they weren't the right people. Okay, you get the right people on the bus. Or people are on the right bus or the right people. I think Geyer said this before. Are they in the right seats? Let's just make sure we all know what we're doing here and move forward with the humans we have because they're probably pretty good. But haven't you ever come on and some of the, you, you, a very small percentage of employees will leave because there was a connection to the prior leader? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Geyer's had that as well, where they're loyal to the other leader and they don't like the way I'm doing things. You lose a small percentage. And that's why I always tell other leaders when they're, when they're a brand new executive director to a nonprofit is you need to bring your board members in. You need to bring your people in and it's going to take time. It took me three years once to get rid of a board member, (laughs) but be patient, keep your eye on the ball, be vigilant and it'll happen. Now I will give a disclaimer. I'll turn the mic over. I've been jabbering a lot, but in my old world of higher education for folks to leave based on the leadership alone, for any reason, frankly, it meant pulling up stakes and moving to a different city because it's not like there's easy ways to bounce around within the organization or just go to the other college down the street in most cases. So it wasn't quite as rampant as people following the leadership they loved, but in circumstances where people knew that there was change of coming, then yeah, they would move, but that was more dramatic than just, this isn't my favorite human. I'm going to go work four blocks down. Yeah. Yeah. A little different in lower education when there's lots of school choices that are generally local. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen that happen frequently where like we had 25% turnover this year and where'd they go? They went to a different school and you go, uh, could be a leadership mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. It's a real simple seat. So Myra or Jeff, do you guys have examples of when you either built trust, took over a team or worked on a team where you had somebody, how about this question? Have you ever worked on a team where a leader has broken that trust and can they ever get that trust 
back with a team. Has that ever worked? Do you have any input on that? And I'll even open that up to everybody because that's an interesting one. If trust is the number one issue that people want in a leader, if the trust is broken, can they ever get it back? And if so, how does that work? I think it depends on the leader. And yes, I have been in a situation like that. To this day, although I still like this person, I can't say that I trust them. I wouldn't trust them with my full loyalty and buying into their vision, that type of thing. For one reason, probably and one reason only, the humility of making a mistake was never there. And until that particular piece came to light, then it was, I'm not wrong, you're wrong. That was the message that was given. It doesn't stop me from liking them, caring about them, but it does stop me from trusting them. And when they don't have my trust, then they don't have the best of me. So, Mr. Geyer, can that trust ever be rebuilt? Myra is saying they didn't have the humility in accepting their role in what went wrong or what they did. Is there a way to repair that relationship? That's a great question, Geoff. And I think the answer is yes, it can be. It's really difficult. It takes a long time. And both parties, if we're talking about just two people, both parties have to want to rebuild the relationship. The redemption can come, just often doesn't because people just don't want it to, or there's no opportunity for it. We, like Dr. Sam was saying, people leave an organization and they move hundreds or thousands of miles away and you're just not running in the same circles anymore. And so that opportunity to redeem that relationship never presents itself and we don't pursue it. But yeah, it can be, trust can be rebuilt. Just like when you build it the first time, it doesn't happen overnight usually, right? We're, now we're talking a little bit about is trust earned or is it given? But it usually, either way, it takes a little bit of time to, to do it. And the once, once that relationship's broken because of some failure in the trust department, it, it can be rebuilt. But just like building it the first time, it, it's going to take time. I, I was thinking of a time I took over the senior leadership position. This was a healthcare delivery system. And they were struggling. I didn't have enough money to to make payroll hardly when the next time payroll was going to run around in the, in a couple of weeks. I, I got hired in to, to fix this mess, basically, and, and I knew that I couldn't fix it, that the people that were there and, and other good people that we'd find would fix, quote unquote, the, the mess. And I remember meeting with one of the teams of people, probably 25 or 30 people on the team. I don't remember exactly. And one of the really domineering person on this team started the meeting by telling me in front of the group that they're not going to do anything I say. The words were, I don't have to do what you tell me to do. It was, a friendly, it was a friendly environment full of trust and uh, sarcasm for the people that don't, right? I, I remember, I do not have to do what you tell me to do. And I said, my response was, well, that's great because I'm not going to tell you what to do. We are going to figure out together what needs to be done to put this organization in a different spot. And let's make sure, first of all, that you understand and know the position the organization's in. I, I laid it all out to the entire organization, including 
interestingly enough, the owners who were the board of directors didn't really know the position their company was in. And so we were very, the buzzword is transparent, but we talked about everything, finance and personnel and all the things. Now I, I see Dr. Sam's cringing, maybe don't tell them all about personnel, but the, the stuff that was legal <laughs> to talk about, but, and together we fixed the organization and it took some time. It took two and a half or three years, as I recall. And this person that, that shook their finger at me and said, I, I don't have to do what you tell me to do when I see that person today. And I do every three or four months. It, it, it's extremely cordial. We greet each other with a hug and how you doing and how's your family and all that stuff. So the point there is trust was built over time and it remains today, even though this person and myself don't work for that organization anymore. But yeah, it can be tough. And the final thing I'm going to say is that good decision-making usually comes from bad decision-making. If and only if you have the ability to learn, to understand and, and assess, geez, I made this decision and that didn't work out so good, so I got to make a better one next time. Guy, I was brand new executive director of a nonprofit here, and I went to the very first board meeting and they asked me what my vision was for the organization, and I told them what my vision was. And I actually had a board member say, why are we listening to this guy? He's basically wanting to reset the launch chairs of the Titanic. And in my mind, I'm thinking, hold my beer. <laughs> that was definitely a whole by mere moment. And he, I still see him every now and then. And, and we don't have a good relationship because he pissed me off <laughs> in front of everybody. He said that and I'm like, you're an ass. To that point, the trust question, I think I've got two prongs on trust. Prong one is if we think we have an understanding and a person goes off and does something different, it's hard to trust that relationship you have is good. Until or unless you hear the argument, you're like, okay, data was added. You didn't have that makes sense. We can get back to where we were. The other problem where I really stumbled is just being lied to. Just flat out yes. lied to. Man, that's a real hard one to come back from because how do you reestablish that? There was a decision, a choice a person made to give poor yes. information intentionally. Well, what outcome? So I think there's different kinds of scales of trust and rebuilding it. Well, that's a great point. Um, that's a great one. Sam, and so, sometimes in our 30-minute episodes, it, it's tough to get deep enough. And I think you bring a, a good point. If the trust was broken because someone lied to you, I, that's a tougher one. I, I'm going to say that's probably never going to be able to be rebuilt because one, I, I have a good friend that says this all the time. He, he goes, if you tell me the truth all the time, I will believe you all the time. If you tell me the truth some of the time, I will never believe you. All of the time. And, and yeah, what, what, if the trust is broken because somebody lied, that, uh, that one probably can't be rebuilt. But if trust mm -hmm. is broken for other reasons, I, I think some of those things can be redeemed. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. That's, those are all interesting things because I 100% I agree. If somebody flat out lies to you, that's a trust breaker. It's not like a bone that can heal stronger. That, I think, once you've been lied to, is there's always that little nagle in the back of your brain that says, are they telling me the truth? And it's, it's always I saw a really good illustration right. of that once was yeah, a trust is like a flat piece of paper. And when somebody lies to you, it's like taking that paper and wadding it up into a ball. Right. Now, you can make the paper flat again with an iron or whatever, but those wrinkles are always going to be there. 
Mm-hmm. They're always going to, you will never get, get that out. And that goes for gossip and all the things that ruin relationships or in our case, the leadership. It can ruin your leadership if you lie to your people. It can ruin your leadership, the effectiveness of your leadership. If you withhold things, if you lie by omission rather than commission, that being honest is like the number one thing for me as a person to trust. I don't care what you have to tell me. As long as it's the truth, I can deal with it. Integrity. Or right. integrity. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can I make the argument really quick about consistency. I know we're low on time and I can, I've been imagining why that comes to the top as far as what people want in leadership. And there's a, a metaphor of having a light or excuse me, a tightly coupled or loosely coupled organization. Highly coupled means you put an input, you turn the crank on your organization machine and what comes out is what's expected. If it's loosely coupled, you put in the input, you crank the thing, what comes out is just this, oh, this get here. What, what is this all about? So without that consistency, folks don't know what to expect and therefore their trust drops. So I think that they're, to use my own metaphor, they're tightly coupled, but I definitely see why trust is the top, but why consistency is a huge piece of that puzzle. Mm-hmm. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I had a boss once that was consistently an asshole. <laughs> and I knew exactly what to expect. I knew he was going to yell at me. I knew he was going to be a total jerk. And I knew that he was going to make me work really hard, which I didn't mm-hmm. mind the hard work. I didn't necessarily like getting yelled at and called names. But I, <laughs> I knew it and I expected it every single day. And by golly, he did it every single day. Could, could the argument be made that consistency establishes trust? Yeah. Sure. You know what to expect? Sure. I, I think it can establish trust and consistency can destroy trust. Mm-hmm. It can be consistently messing face. up to, to, right, jerk to, face. to, to make trust. Well, even, if you're, even if you're a jerk, though, here's the thing. is If you're a jerk and you make good decisions and people still trust because you have integrity, but you don't pull any punches. You call a spade and you call out bad behaviors. People don't like that. It's consistent. So it's still there. So you can still right. develop the trust, right? Yeah. But yeah. trust that you're being blunt. But if you're being blunt and you're successful, they'll put up with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. I think it's similar in my metaphor world. You like food? Yes, I like food. Okay. That's wonderful. So you can eat the same saltine crackers every meal, every day of your life forever because it's food. Right? Or would you rather have some varieties that they actually like? So to your, to your example, yeah, somebody's a consistent jack wagon. It's not my choice to follow that person, but I can see how they would come out on the scale of being reasonably good. Eloquently put. Oh, and a great way to bring this episode, this exciting episode to a close. Again, thank you so much for listening wherever you are. If you're in the gym, if you're on a drive, uh, thank you for keeping your eyes on the road. We appreciate that. We value you as a human being. And if you have any questions, comments, or you just want to give us input on our podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out at askus at leadershipbs.co or find us on any of the socials that we actually have. I don't know all of them because I am not on the socials. So from all of us here, no more Leadership Yes podcast. To all of you out there listening, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful week and we'll chat with you again soon. So Bye. 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 Bye.